0: Well, folks, Andy Stanley is at it again. Before he was unhitching the Old Testament from the New Testament and kind of unhitching the virgin birth from Christianity, and it seems like what Stanley wants to do is unhitch anything that modern pagans find intellectually or morally offensive about the Bible. Now he's unhitching the Bible and the resurrection. And that is the subject for today's podcast. My Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God. is our Savior.
1: we don't believe in the resurrection because the bible tells us so and the question is simply this but andy okay i get all that but andy the bible is how we know about the resurrection
0: i've got to say this is one of the most interesting it's but it's not interesting it's not, interesting is not the right word it is the oddest argument i've ever seen um As you listen to Andy Stanley claim that the Bible is not how we know that the resurrection happened, that the Bible does not represent our source, our content of knowledge for the event of the resurrection, you're going to see Stanley turn around and mention other sources, all of which are in the Bible it's it is fascinating to watch Andy Stanley do what he's trying to do and the question is what is Stanley trying to do okay he's said this before there's a there's a spot where I'll I'll play the clip a little later in the podcast where he talks about people who have left the faith because of something in the Bible. If you've left the faith because of something in the Bible, I have great news for you. Oh, do you? Now look if the person has and I I don't want to be disrespectful or impolite, but the per if the person, has half a brain If they are really thinking about this And that's an American idiom for Are you thinking? If you're really thinking About the argument Stanley is, is making And you have Quote, left the faith Because something in the Bible Was just offensive to you In some way, shape, or form Either morally or intellectually You just can't accept this idea That Christ was born of a virgin Stanley's Stanley gives you a pass on that. okay? That's just impossible. It's a ridiculous story. It could not have happened. You left the faith. I want someone to explain to me just exactly how it is that Stanley's argument here is going to get you to come back. See because well, you you left Christianity because, The Bible is the foundation of Christianity, and you can't accept all the claims in the Bible. Okay, Um, so you leave. All right. What about the fact that Matthew talks about this virgin birth? Luke talks about this virgin birth in great detail. Um, Matthew talks about the resurrection Luke talks about the resurrection I've already dismissed Matthew and Luke What kind of an argument Could I make that Oh well, you know, look You can dismiss the Bible Or you can dismiss Matthew And Luke because you find these stories To be intellectually Offensive But you have to at least accept one of the gospel writers Mark Or John, and they talk about the resurrection, both of them All four of the Gospels talk about the resurrection But you've already dismissed Matthew and Luke Because they have this thing in there called the virgin birth I don't know why I don't know why That I don't know why the virgin birth would be intellectually offensive But the resurrection wouldn't Okay, if if I can Those two events are the same they're in the same category of unbelievable in terms of natural human reason. I cannot fathom a virgin birth. I cannot fathom someone being dead for three days and coming back to life miraculously. And if I can fathom a resurrection, I should have no problem with a virgin birth. And if I can fathom a virgin birth, I should have no problem with the resurrection. But if I am a consistent intelligent person, if I have a problem with the virgin birth, I should have a problem with the resurrection. And if I'm going to dismiss Matthew and Luke because of the virgin birth, I should dismiss all four of the gospel writers because of the resurrection. Shouldn't I? And in fact, I should dismiss any of the writings in the New Testament that speak about a resurrection. Now what's left? And I haven't even started talking about the idea of autonomous human reason and what created human beings can know apart from their creator. Haven't even gotten into that and I probably won't. I will touch on how we know that the Bible is God speaking in a little bit.
1: Um, Jesus' teaching, and this is, this is kind of new for us sometimes to understand, Jesus' teaching was not the driving force of his movement.
0: Okay then, uh, what was the driving force of Jesus' movement? Stanley says that it was his outrageous claims and that the religious leaders really hated his outrageous Claims. Well, um, okay So when Jesus Claims to be the Son of God When Jesus claims to be the way, the truth, and the life When Jesus claims to be the truth When Jesus claims to be the one way to God The one mediator between God and man Are those also not his teachings? Um how is it possible to separate Jesus' claims from Jesus' teachings? How is that possible? Well, it's quite simple, ladies and gentlemen. It isn't. It's impossible to separate the claims of the Son of God from the teachings of the Son of God. But Stanley is doing something very deliberate here. He is doing his best to separate Christianity and his version of Jesus Christ and Christianity from everything that the world, the pagans, would find offensive, intellectually or morally. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make it so that we can dispense with, to get rid of, to remove those aspects of Christianity that pagan culture despise for whatever reason. And that's what he's trying to do. And it's impossible. You tell me how this is possible. And he doesn't say how it's possible. He just expects his audience to accept what he's saying without any kind of critical thought whatsoever. And people who follow him expect us to do the same thing. They don't think. Andy Stanley followers actually believe that the criticism that's leveled against him is unjustified. That he doesn't earn it. And I have news for you. He earns every ounce of criticism leveled against him, and then some. Because his teachings are cutting against simple logic and against the Word of God. Yeah, the Bible. They didn't choose to stay with
1: Jesus because of what he taught. In fact because they weren't following Jesus because of what he taught. They were following Jesus because of who they believed he
0: might be. All right, they were not following Jesus because of his teachings, Stanley says, but they were following Jesus because of who they believed he might be. Okay, fine, let's play along here. Peter believed that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God, that's what he said. All right, well then, how did Peter arrive at that belief? Because of Jesus' teachings and because Jesus proved his teachings with the signposts of miracles that pointed to the fact that he was the Son of God. Jesus taught he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. This is why Peter believed that Jesus might just be the Christ, the Son of the living God. Everything he said and did pointed to this fact. Now, it wasn't just that Jesus was working miracles. You have to examine how the writers of the New Testament saw those miracles, They didn't see those miracles in a vacuum. It wasn't because Jesus was doing these wild things that automatically proved that he was the Christ. Jesus was doing what the prophets said the Christ would do. That's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was doing in his day what the Bible of his day predicted that the Messiah would do. You see. So, you cannot form an opinion or a belief about who Jesus was without examining his teachings and believing them. To say that you can is absolutely ridiculous. How do you do that? Explain to me how that's done. Celebrate the event that launched the
1: movement, the church, that eventually brought us the Bible. And this is a really important sequence of events. In fact, if you get this out of order, it will not only be confusing, get this out of order and your faith will become fragile. In fact, if you're watching today or listening today and you're not a Jesus follower any longer, or you grew up in church and lost your faith, my hunch is because no one actually gave you this sequence of events. This sequence is so extraordinarily important. And again, without it, faith becomes so fragile.
0: Well, for starters, is Christian faith really fragile? I mean, is not faith a gift from God? Does not God implant faith in the heart of those who believe? Are we not kept by the power of God? Have we not been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of our redemption? What does Stanley mean that faith is fragile? What is his definition of faith? How is he defining faith? I can promise you, it's different from how it's defined in Scripture. Second, Stanley throws up on the screen these three items. He throws up, let's see, the event, the movement, and the Bible. And he says... That this is the order of things. What he is claiming is that the event is the authority. And it spawned the movement which resulted in the Bible. What Stanley doesn't understand is that there was a Bible that the Bible actually existed before the event. Not in its final form, but we have the first 39 books of the Bible already in place. This was Jesus' Bible. This was essentially the Bible of the New Testament church. Yeah, the Old Testament Jewish canon. That was the Bible, and it came before the resurrection. And in fact, it is the resurrection that took place according to the scriptures that gives the re- the resurrection its meaning and significance and purpose With out the 39 books That preceded The event of the resurrection It's an interesting event One that is odd That we don't understand But That's about as much as we can say about it Do you understand What is happening If you buy into Stanley's argument Now, let's take a look at this If these If this order Is Um uh, misunderstood or if you take the three items and get them out of order faith becomes extremely fragile. Well, how? The Bible, the movement, the event. We know about the event that spawned the movement because of the Bible even when we look at the New Testament. We know that there was an event because the Bible says there was an event. And we know that that event was meaningful because the Bible tells us what it means. And we know that that event created a movement, so to speak. The Christian church, justification by faith alone. Justified by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Hmm. And how do we know this? Well, because the Bible tells us this. If you take the Bible out, you do not know That there was an event And even if somehow you could know That this thing might have happened You'd have no clue what it means And furthermore, you have no earthly idea How the event itself relates to the movement What the connection actually is And what the movement means in light of the event Or what the event means itself what if you get them out of order? What happens? Why does faith become fragile? Well, I, I honestly don't know. Because here's the thing. If I'm offended at the God of the Old Testament and how he wiped out nations and enslaved uh, people groups for their rebellion and disobedience, if, that, if I find that morally repugnant, if I find the idea that God created the heavens and the earth in six literal days intellectually offensive, How does getting these things in just the right order satisfy or eliminate the offense that I have taken? God still did what he did in the Old Testament, whether I get the event, the Bible, the movement, or the the Bible, the movement, the event, the Bible, the event, the movement. It doesn't matter. If I'm offended at the virgin birth or I'm offended that homosexuals can't be Christians and be practicing homosexuals, If that offends me, it doesn't matter how I arrange these three items that Stanley has put on the board. It makes no difference. And I honestly do not understand the thinking that's going on in Stanley's mind. I don't understand how he thinks it does make a difference. You see, because all he does is he makes these claims that your faith is fragile, and that you've got to get these things in order, but he does not explain specifically how getting these things in the right order will remove the offensiveness of the teachings of the contents of the Bible. He just doesn't. So, there you have it, folks. If you
1: lost your faith, I would say this, if you lost your faith because of something in the Bible or about the Bible, I have some great news for you. The Christian faith, the Christian faith did not begin with Genesis. The Christian faith began with Jesus, but not the birth of Jesus and not the teaching of Jesus. The Christian faith began with the resurrection of Jesus because there were no Christians, there were no followers until after something happened. There were no believers until after the resurrection.
0: So what does that mean? What is Stanley doing here, essentially? Well, we all know that the church is filled with, with people, a good majority of which are completely ignorant concerning the Christian religion. Absolutely, completely oblivious. They don't understand Christianity. They don't know the teachings of Christ, the prophets, the law, Moses, the Torah, nothing and they don't want to. They don't care to know these things. So what is Stanley doing here when he when he's saying that? I'm going to deal with both what he's saying, why it's wrong, but I'm also going to talk about why he's what is what is he doing? He's giving you permission. So now I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a conversation with someone who does not believe that God created Adam and Eve from the dust of the earth. They don't have to believe that. That's not Christianity. Christianity doesn't start with Genesis. I don't have to believe that. I don't have to believe in the Ten Commandments. Christianity doesn't start with Genesis. It starts with the resurrection. I can reject it. I don't have to believe everything the prophets said. I don't have to believe that God wiped out entire cities and and nations in the Old Testament because of, of their sin. I don't have to believe the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Christianity doesn't start in Genesis. It starts with the resurrection. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what Andy Stanley is doing. It's why he links this view to people who have supposedly lost their faith. Do you not understand that... Everything comes with a context, and the context of what Andy Stanley is saying and what he is doing is absolutely undermining the, undermining the Christian religion top to bottom. People are being given permission to reject whatever it is in Christianity that they find offensive. Before, it was the Old Testament. Now he's extended this. He extended it a couple years ago to the virgin birth. Now he's gone even farther and extended it to the teachings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus can now be set aside if you find them in some way, shape, or form offensive. Wow. He is stripping this this body of this meaty Christian religion. He's stripping it to the bone all in an attempt to have this giant broad net to bring in anyone and everyone who wants to just be a Christian say I'm a Christian and and therefore they they are one so is he is he right in in making this claim well obviously he is not <laughs> he is not right how do we know this well, The Bible itself calls Abraham a believer. And Abraham lived in Genesis 12. Wow. We also know that we have the gospel being preached in Genesis chapter 3. We also know that John 1 1 deliberately links us to Genesis 1 1 in the beginning. The Christ was. He was God. He spoke the word. We also read Hebrews chapter 11, and there are a number of faithful believers in Hebrews 11 that existed prior to the virgin birth, prior to the resurrection, prior to the New Testament, something Andy Stanley denies. There were no believers before the resurrection, and he's simply wrong about that. Patently false. All right, let's continue.
1: Andy, okay, I get all that, but Andy, the Bible is how we know about the resurrection. Actually it's not, but most folks think it is. And the reason most folks think it is, is because of people like me, because of preachers. So listen so carefully, this is so important. The Bible was not assembled until about 350 years after the resurrection. The Bible wasn't assembled. And when I say assembled, I mean the Jewish scripture combined with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the apostles' letters, um, Peter's letters, the book of Revelation. The Bible wasn't assembled until the fourth century. So if no one knew about the resurrection until the Bible was assembled, then no one knew about the resurrection until almost 400 years after the resurrection. We don't know about the resurrection because of the Bible. Do you know how we know about it? We know because Matthew told us about it. And Mark told us about it. And Mark got his information from the apostle Peter and Luke told us about it. And Luke says this, I thoroughly investigated everything. I talked to every single eyewitness and Luke tells us something else as well. Luke says that many people sat down and tried to put together an orderly account of the life and the teaching of Jesus. We know about the resurrection because the apostle John was an eyewitness and tells us about it. So no, we don't believe in the resurrection because the Bible tells us so. We believe because Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter, James and the the apostle Paul who steps onto the pages of history, trying to put the church out of business. We don't know about the resurrection because of the Bible. Actually, we have a Bible because of the resurrection.
0: All right, so here we are at the the end. (sighs) And it is absolutely one of the most mind-numbing arguments I have to say that that I've ever heard in my life. And I'm not First of all it's patently false to say That the Bible was not Assembled In any way shape or form Until 350 years after the resurrection The fact of the matter is And if you read uh, Dr. Kruger uh, Mike Kruger over at Reformed Theological Seminary He's got a couple of wonderful books On the formation of the canon If you read scholars about the formation of the canon And the history of of the canon You are told That the the new testament the old testament was already completely packaged and formed it already existed in its present form when jesus walked the earth this was the jewish canon the one we have today is the one they had then 39 of the books you step into the new testament and in the first 100 years as the new testament itself is being written As it's being written, the letters, the gospels, are all being collected as we go along. So to put up this notion that the Bible wasn't really put together for almost 400 years after the resurrection is an absolute deliberate, because he's been to seminary, he knows better. It's a deliberate misrepresentation of the facts It's being framed in a way that is absolutely, positively not true. And historically, we know that without any doubt whatsoever. So Stanley, what Stanley claims is patently false. Now, on to the next point. We know that there was a resurrection, Stanley says, not because the Bible says there was a resurrection, but because of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, etc., Seriously? Really? And what are Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, the writings of Paul? What are those? Oh, those are writings from the Bible. Those are writings that are contained in the Bible. Situationally, if we throw out the Bible... Do we have the individual writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? Do we have the originals? No, we do not. What do we have? We have those books collected up in one particular organization. And when Stanley talks about we know, we don't know, we do know, we don't know, is he, is he referring to second century Christians or is he talking to us? Well, he's, he's talking to us, modern audiences in the year 2020. Hmm, okay. And how do we know? Because it's the we here that Stanley's talking to. How do we know about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? How do we know that this was an event in history? Where is that information found? Uh, in the Bible. And... Could we know that there was a resurrection if you threw out the Bible? There's no no Bible. Well, I suppose if you tore it apart and just had the individual books themselves, but you would still need those books to know that there was a resurrection. And you would still need those books to know what it meant. Stanley's argument is preposterous it is utterly ridiculous now one final comment about this and this goes to the more the moral character of this argument because stanley equivocates big time in this last section that i put up he says if if no one knew about the resurrection until the Bible was assembled, then no one would have known about the resurrection for almost 400 years. Okay, this is incredibly dishonest. It's unethical. It's underhanded and it's immoral. No one says that. No one says that we did not know anything about the resurrection until the Bible was assembled Until the collections of the writings of the Word of God were all put together and acknowledged, recognized in the churches, then no one knew anything about the resurrection. No one argues that. No one says that. No one believes that. No one. Stanley throws it in because he's trying to kind of rescue himself, but it isn't going to work because we're still talking about Today's audience, we're talking about the people at North Point Church sitting in Andy's congregation, whom he is telling they don't know about the resurrection because of the Bible. They know some other way. And the fact of the matter is they don't know some other way. And every person in that audience, if they will just stop about it, stop and think about it for a second, They're going to shake their head and go, you know what? Yeah, um, I don't really get this. Because the reason I know there was a resurrection is because I read it in the book of Matthew, which is in the Bible. I read it in Mark, which is in the Bible. I read it in Luke, which is in the Bible. I read it in John, which is in the Bible. I read it in the teachings of Paul, which are in the Bible. They are the Bible. Well, they are not the Bible, but they are in the Bible. They are in that thing we call, that book we call the Bible. So again, this is, in closing, an attempt on the part of Andy Stanley to do his dead level best. This is kind of like the evolution of seeker-sensitive movement. Right, Uh, we don't like your music; it sucks. So what do we do? We change the music. We don't like the way your room, your sanctuary, is structured. Um, It's too bright. It's too old. It's too traditional. It's too stodgy. I don't like the idea of da 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 da. So we keep changing and changing and changing and changing to satisfy them. And. The them didn't stop at music style, which those of us who have been warning about the seeker-sensitive movement since it came onto the scene said it wouldn't. It would not stop there. It would run right into the core of Christianity, and it did that a long time ago. So what Andy Stanley is doing, again, one more time, is he is doing everything he can to make the Christian religion, non-offensive to the pagan moral code and the pagan intellect. Because the pagan finds Christianity both morally speaking and intellectually speaking, look at the Jews, look at the Greeks, read 1 Corinthians, morally scandalous, reprehensible, and intellectually untenable, foolish, unbelievable, not credible. Stanley started with the Old Testament. We're going to start with the Old just like Marcion did. This is awful. There's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that I just can't explain to the satisfaction of the standards of the pagan intellect and moral code. So I'm going to give them permission to pick and choose. So he unhitches the Old Testament from the New. Comes in the New Testament and lo and behold There are things in the New Testament That the pagan doesn't like as well And we all knew this From the beginning Uh, Let's start with the virgin birth No way Didn't happen, couldn't happen You expect me to buy into that, I'm not going to buy into that If I have to buy into that to join your church And be in Christianity, then I'm just not doing it It's just too much Oh, okay You don't have to do that That's not what Christianity is about So we unhitch that. And now, now what are we doing? We're unhitching the teachings of Jesus. Because guess what? They are also morally repugnant and intellectually offensive to the pagan. So we have to do something with them. Otherwise, we're not going to attract people to our church. We're not going to attract people to the Christian religion. Wow. That's what Stanley has done. I hope you found this at least uh, educational. Um, Maybe you don't agree with everything I've said. That's fine. If you are listening to the Reformed rant, you can uh, feel free to leave a message in the Anchor app itself. You can go over to reformedreasons.com, which is my uh, website, and leave a comment there. Or you can go to Reformed Reasons Facebook page and leave a comment there over there I'll also throw this post up around some of the other pages on on Facebook that I tend to look at um, especially uh, where I think people who are somewhat confused about Stanley and and maybe even be buying into what he's saying can listen to it and and kind of think about it more from a different perspective from a biblical per- perspective all right uh, stay healthy walk in the fear of God continue to love. Your brother and your sister, continue to preach the gospel uh, as best you can, sharing the gospel message with your neighbors, with those you come into contact with. Be the light that Jesus has called you to be. Uh, Continue to look toward the heavens. Uh, We have a promised return of our Lord and Savior. He is coming again. He is our God. And he will not be mocked, and he is not defeated, and he's not sitting in the heavens wringing his hands trying to figure out how to rescue the earth. He is in complete control of everything, and he is working all things for his glory and for our good. God bless. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. This podcast is part of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Biblical Christianity's marketplace of ideas. Biblethumpingwingnut.com. I want to see this. Verse,